Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. And this is Leah, co-founder of BakeSmart. Our can of cows are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses. Hey, Leah, how's it going? Hey, Diana, it's going good. Although now I'm kind of concerned because I found my vape pen and I've been sucking on it and I have a tendency <laughs> to just kind of overdo it. And I'm afraid I'm by the end of this yeah. recording, I am going to be. Yeah. Blah. So well, I apologize to everybody in advance. I'm going to be a cliche in about 20 minutes. <laughs> a cliche? <laughs> a cliche? I think you're already there. <laughs> that hurts it's okay it's okay it's okay to be one a cliche every once in a while um so let's talk about our favorite things we're bringing that back into the rotation right so start with yours if you can remember what it is (laughs) okay i got it i got it i got it right next to me if i remember so mine is creative c-r-a-t-i-v packaging Mm -hmm. and they make amazing childproof boxes they're like um their most popular one is about the size of a deck of cards in fact i think on their mm-hmm. website they show you a deck of cards in it but literally these things are so impossible to open up like your kids there's no way i don't care how old they are they are not going to be able to pop this thing open so they're great mm-hmm. for just you know your vape pen if you break it down and put it in there you want it locked up for mm-hmm. edible for your flour for oil Keep it from yourself yeah god seriously i have put stuff in here and i'm like oh my god i have to go to their little um you know <laughs> tutorial and go, okay how do i do this no it's fantastic for moms out there creative packaging it's c-r-a-t-i-v packaging.com mm-hmm. this place is amazing um you can see them a lot of times at all the different trade shows they usually have a booth there but they're amazing their package is seriously childproof seriously childproof so i highly recommend this if you're starting an edible company check out these guys if you're not starting an edible company you're just interested in finding some childproof boxes also contact them because they are um like i'm trying to open it as we're talking there's just no way it's like one of those ones, but i just i don't know i just don't have the thumb power oh well anyway do that it. is my favorite thing it's yeah creative gene like it i like it i love it, I love it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say I love it, but I know it's going to keep me from opening anything, you know, <laughs> I'm sending you one because you have a baby. And I know. This. I had to start thinking about that. So I've got, I've got boxes for you, girl. Awesome. 
All right. So my favorite thing, it has a word in it that I don't use often. And I should preface this by saying, oh, this is going to be good. I you am tell. not an uptight person. I, um, uh, I cuss like, yeah, I cuss like a sailor in real life, but I don't use this word. Yeah. You know, oh I my God, what is it? I'm dying. I am freaking dying. Come on now. It's <laughs> my favorite thing is called pussy weed. Um, and it is, Damn. it's a media. I mean, I would say there's, there's several things they have going on. I'm going to read their mission, but, um, before I start, I'm just going to say that they also have a lot going on that they're doing. They have a podcast they're starting. So if you have, they're looking for media submissions, um, and people's stories. So check that out. So their so mission's pussy weed (laughs) well i'm gonna read their mission statement because i think it's relevant and also it's relevant kind of to what we're talking about today um so it began it says it began in the summer of 2016 as a group of friends who found empowerment in a space which freely allowed them to experience cannabis as wellness and feeling distance from media portrayals and real-life manifestations of cannabis culture, especially regarding femmes, we found that in our feminine setting, we were able to ask any question, tell any story, and share and learn any information without fear or insecurity. We called it Pussyweed. We got t-shirts, and we've been growing the space ever since. And it says that they manifest. we manifest what we have learned, that cannabis is a wellness herb, the criminalization of cannabis is a direct assault on American life, and we need thoughtful cannabis reform now. Um, and they go on. I'm not going to give it all away because I think you should check it out. Um, <laughs> uh, they have a really awesome Instagram, and they have a magazine. So, I mean, definitely check it out and share your story because we all need to share our stories. And uh, their website is pussyweed.org. Um, and I highly recommend them. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. Because the name is so like in your face, mm-hmm. it's something one, you're going to refer, but two, it, it's going to get attention. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think people are going to be drawn to that. That's really good. That's that shock, shock value marketing. I like, yeah, I like to be shocked. Oh, do you? <laughs> I do. Absolutely. Um, and so I like what they talk about, which is kind of what we're going to touch on. And, and that's like changing um, industry practices to create new principles. Um, you know, as they talk about safe spaces, basically in this, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to start with our first takeaway. Um, and that is start a nonprofit. Um, and that sounds like a it's a, it's a hefty goal, right? I mean, you know that, Leah, that's something you've you've talked about and dealt with a little bit, right? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's actually not that hard to start a nonprofit. It's actually relatively easy. It, I mean, it takes a lot of hours, obviously. And But nolo.com, uh, nolo is like a free legal site. They have a lot of great ways for you to start a nonprofit um, in your state. And they walk you through it. They tell you exactly who you need to contact, you know, for the feds what forms you need to file. They tell you who you need to contact within your state and what forms you need to file. So if you want to start a nonprofit, like I am getting ready to start mine, the Green Cross Initiative, because I feel like all foods should be marked with the Green Cross. Um, that's, you know, I'm going to go to NOLO and it's a really easy way to do it. I think the hardest thing with a nonprofit is just getting your name out. But then, you know, these other 
takeaways that you have will help with that part. And of you it. can get some like free um, Skillshare is a really cool resource that has classes for pretty much everything um like online and there are a bunch of other resources we'll put some relevant links in our recap you know that you can check out that you can look for just to get where to get started but i said it sounds like a lofty goal because to me it it sounds intimidating but you're right it's not that you just have to break down the the barriers right like one step at a time get this thing done then the next thing and then go from there right um and the next thing that we're going to talk about is a way to start this, you know, to try to generate interest. Go ahead, Leah. You want to talk about it? Well, creating a petition. So that's that's also something that used to be, I think, a lot harder than like change.org. Now you can start your petition and get people interested in it. Um, it gets shared a lot. And I don't really know a whole lot about change.org as far as like how you get into the, you know, big masses, but it is a place to start and they have a lot of guidelines for you to use. So that's a really good. And, you know, believe when you do something, whether it's starting a nonprofit or creating a petition, if it's something that you really believe in and you are 100% behind, honestly, things start to fall into place for you really easily. I mean, you start talking to people and you start telling people this is what you want to do and you're going to get a lot of help. But even just reaching out on change.org just to get kind of um, some background on what it would take. I, I suggest starting there. Yeah. Um, one recent petition that I was alerted to in the industry is about um, home cultivation. Um, I know that some some of the bigger, some big cannabis companies recently um, approached the New York governor to say, to ask him not to support home grows. And there's a petition going around to fight that because that, that limits accessibility for people to get their medicine. Right. Um, and it's a, it's an opportunity for more business growth if you really look at it the right way. Um, so I I'll put we'll put the link in in uh, the recap for that petition. But that's that's a recent example that I've seen it around different in different venues. So it's definitely making the rounds. Um, you know, it's something that people care about. So that's the other thing. You have to make sure it's something that you think you can generate interest with before you get started. And sometimes that means, you know, focusing in on one, one aspect. I have a bad habit of getting too complicated, getting too caught up in like the, you know, the details of it and and making things too complicated, you know, like it's, it doesn't need to be that complicated. Like what is the simple thing that people care about, you know? So, right. And I think when you really believe in something and you really care about it, it's easy to reduce your, your, you know, platform down to an elevator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Elevator pitch. That's a good way to do it. But again, when you really believe in something too, though, it's, it's easy to get behind. It's easy to get things rolling because people, your enthusiasm is contagious Mm -hmm. and people will get behind you just based on that. Mm -hmm. So definitely think about what it is that your, your platform um, like, you know, a wrongful incarceration mm-hmm. or incarcerating children for taking edibles to school. That's my new platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like hearing that, but anything like that. Yeah. Get out there. Just get out there and make change. Absolutely. Um, and one of those ways that you can do that is to create content as often as possible. We talk about that a lot. Um, but putting blogs on your website, uh, putting sharing articles that have really well-researched information, things like that. I mean, it that's what you have to do to keep the conversation going, to keep it normalized. And Or commenting, comment, commenting on these articles, mm-hmm. commenting on these petitions, commenting on there. I mean, you don't even have to if you don't 
feel comfortable enough to write a blog, um, then just comment or share your story to a, yeah, yeah, to share your story to a writer who can tell your story, you know, because sometimes they're, that's what they're looking for. You know, um, one example, boss ladies list, we both have been on that recently. Um, that's a good uh, example of ways to look for people who can maybe tell your story or who you can share your story with that can maybe share it to a bigger platform. And we'll put that link in the recap as well. But that's a good where uh, place to get started, I'd say. Also, um, help a reporter. Mm-hmm. You can like look on help a reporter and see if there's any reporters looking to do a story on something that's similar to your own story and reach out to them. And that's just helpareporter.com. That's a great resource, too, to get your name out. I use Harrow for sources all the time. And they're on Twitter. So if you if you just tweet, you know, um, just look look on search on Twitter, like journalist plus cannabis or something like that. You can even get started that way. So um, but Harrow. Yeah, that's a good one. Help a reporter. Help a reporter out. And so <laughs> help a reporter out, girl. Well, their 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 website is so it's just help a reporter. Oh, okay. So there we go. I, want to make that <laughs> I have another one too that I can add in there too that I use as a backup and I just can't think of the name of it right now. Um, but I'll put it in there before we do the recap for this. Um, okay. Sounds good. So the next thing, Leah. Is changing your language. So once you're out there doing your content, now let's change your language to be more inclusive and make a real effort to stay up to date on appropriate wording. That is so much pressure for me because I am inappropriate. I will say this. I'll be the first to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where, where would you suggest that people find like appropriate wording? Well, I mean, that's a good question. Um, but like everyday feminism is a really great place to start. They have a lot of articles about how to be more inclusive with your wording um, as just a person. So that's a good way to start as a business because business is personal um, and personal is business, all that, you know, depending on how you look at it. But it, if you approach it that way, it, it can be more successful. I think you could be more successful. But with your- I get in trouble because I get in trouble in the day of this feminism, you know, age now because I'll say things like girls. I like being called a girl. I like it when say someone says, oh, that girl over there. And they're talking about me. But there are women out there like, oh, that's really derogative. And you shouldn't say girl. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Because I like it. I don't. I mean, that's your opinion. <laughs> don't take that away from me. I know, but then I'm afraid I'm going to offend others by, I mean, if you, know, you so I guess I have to be super sensitive to this. I, I mean, it's, it's what you want to do. That's what you do. It's just, well, I don't want to offend. That's, that's what it comes down well, to. Well, and you have to actively try to change your language. I mean, that's, it's not easy. It sucks sometimes no, because you not. might trip yourself up and say the wrong thing. But as long as you try to change it next time, I believe, then I think you're, we're all on the right track. Um, and it can't hurt to just change to 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 just to educate yourself about it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like like the pronouns. Like I try to actively not use pronouns, but it's hard not to do that to use gendered pronouns. I should say not pronouns. Um, right. And and it's not it's not easy even for me as a writer. People say, "Oh, you have all the words," but it's not that's not true. In real life, I'm horrible with my words. <laughs> that's why I write them down so that I can organize them and edit them right. and, and add to them. But I, you know, and I'm not, I'm far from perfect. I'm, 
obviously. No, <laughs> but it is that. something that we can all work on. Yes, it is. Um, and I'll put the link in here for everyday feminism for um, everybody. That's a good place to start. And they are a um, private publication. So they're not getting money from advertisers that are going to influence what they're writing. So I think that's a good place to start. So our next takeaway is uh, make a safe space for fellow advocates if you have the resources. Um, And by that, we mean if you have the resources as a business um, to make an area, a forum, or, you know, a a meeting space where people feel comfortable. Uh, like we just talked about pussy weed. That's a, that, that looks like they're trying to create opportunities for people to connect in a safe way. And we, one of our favorite places, Tokativity, um, our favorite, we talk about them all the time because we love them. We love us some Tokativity. <laughs> but they have great events. I mean, I've been to their events and they have great inclusive events and um and they're very sensitive to like being women only you cannot have any males which at first in my first uh you know event with them I was like oh that's kind of weird but then once I got there and realized just the energy even if it's a super nice guy having that energy of a man really changes things so it was nice to be in a truly all women um space and mm-hmm. who really uh, understand and kind of connect with women who are just want a safe space or mm-hmm. just want to be able to freely and not feel um, insecure. And, and I just realized I wasn't as sensitive as I should be to people who may not want to get around. I mean, I've never had a problem. That doesn't mean that everybody doesn't have a problem. Right. So yeah, love Tokativity for that. And uh, we should also mention the National Diversity and Inclusion Cannabis Alliance uh, because they have a lot going on right now where they're trying to change diversity in the industry. Um, They're helping with expungement um, of criminal records. So check them out. Also, we're big fans of the Direct Cannabis Network. Uh, they're always having events as well, and they have opportunities online on Facebook to connect um, as an entrepreneur in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of opportunities, and we'll put links in the recap again um, for all these things. But they are all really great opportunities and areas where you can kind of get started, I think. Um, finding where what you find to be safe, what you feel to be safe, I should say. And, and that could mean so many different things for so many different people, right? So the next one, Leah, go ahead. And another one we could talk about is uh, when you do an event or you have a pop-up, look for ways to be more accessible, um, you know, for disabled people or anyone to look to have ramps, Mm -hmm. look to have, you know, you have a childcare area at your event. Right. Parents, working parents at events. Um, So one way that you can be more accessible that people don't think about is making maybe, um, the audio available for people who are not able to hear the uh, at an event, or maybe you have to have um, like an area for wheelchairs that you're, if they're having a speaker panel, make sure that you have, right. you know, just all of the assisted language and um, audio things that you can possibly include and ramps 
if you can have a ramp, please put a ramp, you know, um, that's for, that's so crucial. Unless, unless you don't have stairs or right. steps. I'm saying you if know, you, you if it's applicable, down. if you can, yeah. please do. Um, just don't have a ramp if there's no, yeah, don't just have a, <laughs> no, obviously don't part. have a random ramp just going into nowhere. Yeah. Don't just go off a cliff, um, into, I mean, I don't know with the garbage fire that's going on right now politically and what's going, I don't know. Maybe oh, that might God. be a good idea for some people. Yeah. All right. So moving on. <laughs> Bathrooms though are another thing Bathrooms. I don't think people think mm-hmm. of like making sure that you have gender neutral somewhere as accessible general neutral and just having bathrooms yeah. i mean you if you're going to be serving things you want to make sure that there's some type right. of bathroom that's accessible to people. yeah people that have digestive uh disorders like i do <laughs> yeah. they think it's funny but they really do have bathroom cards like emergency bathroom cards that's like a real thing so people need to think about that you know i mean it does sound funny i laughed when my friend told me i should get one and i was like i don't know about that but it's serious some people like if you're on a plane that's not taking off you know sometimes they'll be like you can't oh, move God. or uh things like that you know like people don't well maybe the plane isn't the best idea the best example but there i've been to events where there aren't bathrooms and so yeah if you can get a porta potty let's try to do that um <laughs> yeah and have an area for nursing have an area for people to change babies diapers um things like that because a lot of people are working parents in this industry so, um, the next thing that we're going to talk about is the last thing, and I'll stop running my mouth and rambling. No, you go right ahead. Go right ahead. You do. You take this last one. Alrighty, uh, if you say so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we kind of already talked in this a bit, a little bit, but uh, to go back to it, try to find areas and and opportunities for victims of harassment to talk safely about their experience. So if you can, you know, find an area, if you, if that means, um, Hey, we, we have this space that we rent for our office and on Tuesday nights, that means that, you know, victims can anonymously come forward and, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the details. Work it out. Work it out yourselves. <laughs> I think this is, it's, it is I'm really just important though. I was kidding about that. as an industry, we know, we know, Diana, we, you need to not talk as much, but that's a whole separate <laughs> thing. But I think this is a really important topic, even though you're having a hard time getting behind it. Um, because I have been at events where this has been coming up more and more. And I was at an event where someone asked, where's a safe space can we, that we can go to? And the woman basically said, call the police. And we all know that that was really bad advice. You want to be able to just connect with others. But the good thing about it was when that woman did that, when she said that, call the police, and we all knew it was ridiculous. Other women at the table started talking and saying, you know, we really need to be there for each other. So even reaching out to your peers and to other industry professionals and just asking them, you know, this is happening to me. Have you heard of this happening? And, and we work in a really great industry where people really come together. So even if there's not anything that we know of to, um, to uh, send people to right now, you know, there's room for it to be created. And then obviously I would always say, reach out to places like Tokativity mm-hmm. or Elementa that are all and tell them what's happening because they more often than not have resources that I don't know right. about or that you right. don't know about. Absolutely. And I feel like these sources are updated so often that I'm almost afraid to say anything because it changes and sometimes things come out 
that we don't know about and we don't want to promote anything until we do our thorough research and our due diligence and all that, you know, um, which we do, by the way. <laughs> We're not just pulling this out of our hat. Um, and if you do feel like there is a source we should know about, please reach out and let us know. We're always available for suggestions. Um and just say, hey, look at this person, place, or thing that you know you should know about. We're we're always open to suggestions, right? And um, we're also open to products, right? <laughs> oh, we love our products. Love our products. I'm looking for some new CBD oil. I don't know about you. I know you are. Well, I told you there's uh, what is it? White Fox Nectars. Um, that's the one. So White Fox Nectar, she does Nectar, bleh, White Fox Nectars. Mm. She, Scarlet mm-hmm. Raven, uh, does really nice CBD. And she's got some great um, CBD tinctures too. So definitely check them out. I love them. And then I think that your sister is going to be doing a beauty with Barb segment. What, what? <laughs> yeah. So that's another one you could you could uh, get behind. Absolutely. I mean, I still am always searching for the perfect CBD oil, but they have a really good one. Um, I really am excited to try White Fox, though, because her packaging looks beautiful from what I can tell. And I love everything. It looks like she's that, that they offer uh, on White Fox. So definitely check that out. Right. And hopefully we can have some reviews up on our social media um, in the future, right? So. Anyway, we're done rambling enough, I believe, for today. I should probably stop saying rambling and stay more positive. We're done sharing our experience. Thoughts and experiences and all our love. (laughs) Our love for each other and this cannabis plant. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. We love mm-hmm. this plant and each other, even though Leah doesn't want to admit that today because I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little much for her today. <laughs> well, no, no, but I think that, uh, no, you love the cannabis plant and I love it. And uh, some of us love it a little more at times than others. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But I don't, I don't qualify in there. I'm just like the plant, we share that. All right. So moving on. <laughs> anyway i'm kidding we love each other bye we do (laughs) kidding (laughs) (laughs) until next time thanks for listening if you are still listening well that's a wrap for today thank you all so much for listening and for your support we appreciate you if you like what you're listening to please please review us and on Podbean or Apple or I I guess it would be iTunes wouldn't it iTunes Apple yep. I don't want to sound like I'm I've never seen an iPhone when I have one before anyway <laughs> review us wherever you're getting us from because there are a lot of different applications and we appreciate that if you do it thank you thank you bye everyone bye next up is our segment beauty with barb featuring our resident licensed esthetician who explores all things hemp and beauty related. I wanted to talk about this great new product I got to try from Simple CBD. I got to try their topical salve and let me just tell you it was awesome. So some of the ingredients are beeswax, coconut oil, sweet almond oil, full spectrum hemp oil and vitamin E and good old CBD. Now I was applying this to my skin and I have keratosis on my arms. It was awesome. 
felt really smooth the next day, and that is the true test because I've tried just about everything. Lately, myself and my kids have had that pesky little ringworm, and it's actually been healing it up quite nicely. I've also got to try their CBD in capsule form, and that's doing wonders for my anxiety. I take it in the morning, and I feel calm and collective all day long. That's going to wrap up this segment for this week. Tune in next week to learn more skin facts. Please feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram account, Beauty with Barb. That's beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y-W-T-H-B-A-R-B. And also, if you'd like me to review any products, please shoot me a message. Thanks so much. Our first guest today is Ashley Dellinger. Ashley Dellinger is the founder of Lumi Wellness Shop a retail shop offering curated CBD and wellness goods. Coming from the cannabis industry, she found that consumers were curious about the benefits of plant-based medicine, but wary of the psychoactivity found in THC. Looking ahead of the the THC and CBD-focused market was a bigger vision of people interested in plant-based medicine not finding proper guidance. Ashley created Lumi with a desire to serve that by offering high-quality CBD lines along with other adaptogens and beneficial plant compounds. So we're here today with Ashley Dellinger, a founder of Lumi CBD Wellness that's here in my town of Portland. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Leah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Excited to be on your podcast today. Thanks for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have you because um, I am all about CBD. I love CBD. I give it to my pets. I take it. I give it to everybody I know. And I was so excited to hear that you have a CBD wellness shop. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So... Um, I have a background started in the, that started in the cannabis space, and I noticed that there was a trend uh, towards uh, understanding CBD and its potential as a therapeutic compound in addition to just paying attention to what we knew about THC being therapeutically beneficial. And moreover, I saw an opportunity for and an interest, moreover, um, with society to have less dependency on allopathic and orthodox medicine and move towards more back towards, you know, how everything first started with Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, and our understanding of using phytotherapy and the therapeutic compounds and plants and empowering ourselves not to just be totally reliant on a doctor. Um, another aspect of that, just really paying attention to uh, our health as being more of a holism approach and less reactive and more proactive, understanding, uh, as THC has taught us, that health doesn't just um, come down to treatment of a specific um, issue, but more, it's also important to pay attention to other factors that are going to affect somebody's wellness. And health. And so I think CBD is a really great um, way to, to move towards that and inspire people to take healthcare back into their own hands. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that because I totally understand what you're saying there. And um, we do have to take our health back. And so at the CBD Wellness Shop, you carry all things CBD. Um, so can people 
I know you have, uh, do you have a physical store or is it just online? So we initially were doing uh, a physical store and then we took a step back and um, being a new entrepreneur in the retail space, I realized that we really wanted to refine our uh, methods as a store and really be true to our original mission to um, have a comprehensive approach that included COAs for all of the products that we stocked, really vetting all of our vendors. And so right now, as we're moving through that process, we're just online. We are uh, looking at securing a retail location in Portland to start. Um, and we have some options on the table, but, and that will hopefully be within the next uh, month or so. But at this time, you can find us online. Great. And what is the website where they can find you online? So you can type Lumi Wellness Shop or CBD Wellness Shop, and they'll both take you to our online retail location. Wonderful. That is so great. And I've gone on your site and you have some amazing products and some really amazing prices, like a 2000 milligram CBD oil. Um, and I believe it was full spectrum and it was only around a hundred dollars. That's fantastic. Thank you. I love that. Very affordable. Yeah, we're trying to, um, I actually spend a lot of time researching price points for the products we carry and considering that with what we stock, um, if one vendor has um, 2,000 milligrams for, you know, $60 retail, and another person has a same, a similar formula that's just as comprehensive, um, but at a lower price point, then we take that into consideration. Um, you know, we're in business to make money. I'm not going to beat around that, but at the same time, I feel. Um, a responsibility to make sure that this is something that can help people. And I don't want financials to be um, a deterrent from accessing this incredible medicine. Well, definitely. And I know that people appreciate that. Yeah. So you, you go and you test all these CBD products. Do you notice any cool trends that are coming out in CBD, like what new products we can look for? So I think we're going to see CBD and it's already sort of in the process with brands like Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop, where people are looking for innovative ways to use CBD as the market becomes more competitive. Um, and also, as we understand more and more about all of the potential uses, although if you look into hemp's history, um, it's well known that it has a variety of uses, including in textiles and as construction material. It's very cost effective to produce. Um, but we're seeing a lot of beauty products incorporating it into their formulations, um, as well as adaptogenic supplements. Um, and I think we'll continue to see more of that. And do you think that there's some fear? I know for me personally, if I'm looking at beauty products, like Goop is a really great um, example. And you, you hear about these high-end companies that are now adding CBD. Do you think that the amount of CBD that they're adding is even worth it? Or do you think they're doing it because it's like, oh, this is the, the new a trend? trendy ingredient? Yeah, I think there's a bit of both. I think there are companies that are doing the research and trying to be as responsible as, as possible. Although there is a lot of, it's, you know, it's fairly nascent in terms of what CBD can do therapeutically. We're still learning about the different cannabinoids and how they interact with our system and quantifying the levels needed to achieve different therapeutic results. Um, Ethan Russo is a resource that I highly recommend for terpenes as well while we're discussing that. But I think as research continues, 
um, people will be able to dial in titration a bit more than we're able to now. I think it is a bit of a crapshoot. Um, the, the truth is everybody's endocannabinoid system and the different factors, um, there's many, many factors that affect somebody's experience with CBD. Um, if I take a high dose of CBD through a tincture, for example, I get immense anxiety. Um, I have, but I have other friends that it's extremely calming for them. And I think that's a thing that we're really going to see happening in CBD over the next year is really understanding or trying to understand further what are what are the factors that go into somebody's uh, how they're going to receive the CBD and how it's going to affect them and being able to really um, predict a result more accurately than we are able to now. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot like THC where you really have to start low, go slow, yep, and see what your tolerance is. And your tolerance may not be the same as somebody else's. I actually had just heard that same thing. I was talking to someone about a reaction to CBD and it was um, the, act- the opposite. It was anxiety. And so um, that's something that we all should be aware of and look for. So another start low, yeah, go slow. Yeah, I think, and we were kind of discussing this before, but there's so many things, including the quality of the oil, um, you know, and that's wraps back into the creation of the the shop and my feeling a sense of responsibility to consumers as I learn for myself, how many variables go into product formulation that affect how beneficial it really is, um, on the consumer end, you know, are they being thoughtful about the ingredients, the quantities going into it? Where are they sourcing? Was were the adaptogens in the blend, um, were they processed in a way that still left therapeutic compounds in them? Um, or is it just a name on the bottle now? And the same is true for CBD. So. I, and that's, that's, you bring up a really good point because I know that with isolate, I've always heard this and this is what I've experienced. The healing properties just aren't as strong as when you'd use the full spectrum oil. So I, how do you how do you know like what is going to work and what doesn't or or if somebody's using isolate and yeah not- so first off for anybody wanting to learn about this and this has been true for my own journey start with research papers they're they can be difficult to digest so that's one of the things that we really want to be a resource for with with our website as blog posts that break it down into layman's terms, that's a little bit more understandable. But um, so I was researching isolate as well and really trying to understand like, is this just um, a panacea? Is it a real thing? Um, or are people just capitalizing on this movement and taking advantage of people? And from what I have learned in my own research, isolate can be beneficial. The issue with it is this bell curve that happens where there's a really small, finite, or not finite, but a small window of what dose is needed to be effective for somebody. And it varies between people again. So you can't just say like, oh, it's 20 milligrams and everybody take 20 milligrams and you're going to have great results. But if you go below or above that tiny window with isolate, you will not have results. So people will try isolate and say, hey, this just isn't a thing. This is bogus. Um, But that's not true. It does have potential to be beneficial, but we really need to understand it more before I would recommend using it. However, there are people that cannot use any THC. 
um, for legal reasons um, related to employment and other factors. Mm -hmm. And so I do still recommend isolate for those people that can't consume full spectrum, which I always recommend first and foremost, um, because it includes all the important phytocompounds of the plant. Um, but, but isolate, you know, if it's, if that's your only option, then go for it, but it is going to be a difficult process dialing in your, your accurate dosage. And again, you know, you want to start with a small amount and work your way up and be really present and, and, um, aware of where you start to feel a difference and then don't feel like more is better. That's not the case with isolate. So you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of consumers purchase with that. It's like, Oh, what's the highest dosage in this bottle? That's the, what I want. And that's not the most accurate. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question is in what ways is it more difficult to um, market CBD products as opposed to like, let's just say you had, you know, a lavender oil. Um, how, what are the difficulties that you face trying to get this out to the public and share with them the, the great beneficial healing um, properties of this? Right. Um, so definitely, you know, traditional marketing methods are not really an option. And that does make it hard. I've had my Instagram accounts shut down several times after building a large following. Um, I'm not, uh, banking has been really difficult in the past. A lot of people have gone through where they weren't able to do sales because their bank accounts were shut down. Um, there's a ton of things. And then you go into, um, just the taboos associated with it. Well, is it, it's a drug. Is it cannabis? What is it? Does it work? Um, and so overcoming even people's perception of what it is beyond just the legal restrictions. Um, but the farm bill was recently passed. You're, there's a lot of banks. There are a lot of banks coming in and more open to working with CBD-based businesses. So I think all that's changing. I think slowly Facebook, Instagram, some of the marketing platforms that people haven't been able to use um, will come around as well. Um, just There just needs to be more education. People, As people understand um, what it can do and what it is, I think a lot of that will change. But yes, it's difficult. It's a lot of word of mouth right now. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. And it, and it's so helpful. And like, especially you and I had talked about just getting it in the hands of parents for their children. Um, you know, how, how can we help parents that we know that, you know, the CBD could help, you know, how, how, what, how do you reach parents, I guess, is what I should say. Um, to be honest, that's one of the things that we are working, um, toward doing more of just collaborating with people that have synergistic efforts that already understand the benefits of CBD that have, um, a consumer base that they're reaching out to and educating and tying into that. Um, and then we just get asked a lot of questions more than us doing outreach. We get a lot of people approaching that are, Hey, is this something that, we can use on a minor. What if I'm pregnant? Um, again, start with not doing a Google search that just there's a million people sounding off about whether it is or isn't okay, but start with research papers where they're doing clinical studies and actually, um, you know, doing real testing to make sure that the answer that you're getting is accurate. But, um, I think it's common knowledge that children with epilepsy and a variety of medical symptoms, anxiety, um, are seeing tremendous results using CBD. If you would give your child aspirin, uh, I certainly can not see a problem with giving them uh, CBD and terpenes, which are terpenes are found all throughout nature in foods and everything else. Right. So 
So perfectly safe. So um, let's get on to some kind of fun stuff um, on your website. So you have uh, like a little kind of, you know, if you want to be a product influencer, like a little um, thing you could fill out if you want to be a product influencer, what is that and how, how do you use them? How does one become one for Yeah, Lumi? so as we discussed earlier, everybody's interaction with CBD and with the different products is going to be a little bit unique. Um, we have several different salves, for example, um, that help with muscle soreness and eczema. And we've had people say, well, this one was the best for me out of the three that I tried. And other people have had better results with a different brand that we've carried. And so we really want to make sure that everything that we stock is effective and useful and get feedback from our consumers and involve them in the process um, of deciding. And so that's where the product influencer program came about. Um, we want to people to feel involved with the product curation and understanding the products and um, sharing in that experience as we journey through and find what works and what doesn't. And so we invite people to sign up where they can receive as we're considering products to stock in the store. They can sign up and um, receive samples and give us a little bit of a review and um, be involved in our process. That's amazing. What a great thing to add to um, a company. I mean, and, and you're getting real um, reviews too. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I think I want to do that. Yeah, I would love go it. On there and that out. Um, so another thing that caught my eye on your site, and your site is just so rich with information, by the way, I love it. Um, but another thing that caught my eye is your offering of free product and then also a pay it forward option. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so again, you know, we're a business, but we really feel like we have a mission to serve, um, the common good of the people that we work with and not to be too wax poetic, but humanity, it's a really special time where we're paying attention to phytotherapy and what can be done. And, I want to do my part in that, and I feel like it's my duty to donate a percentage of our proceeds back to people um, to inspire. Uh, you know, for some people, they might maybe they've never had a relationship with CBD, and they're going through something um, where medically they would benefit from its use, but going through different products to figure out what works is not you know, possible. And we don't want that to be an inhibitor. So we have the program where people can apply. And then based on, you know, how many, how, what funds are available, we have a certain amount allocated per month. And then vendors that we work with also make donations. And um, so as many people as we can accept, we do. And we kind of go on a scale of neediness and um, veterans, elderly, financially needy children, um, whoever wants to apply we take a look at the applications and then whether it's flour, CBD tincture, we kind of sit down and figure out, hey, what is it? What are your needs? What have you tried in the past? And again, like more of a holism approach, what's going on in your life and really dialing in what could be effective for them and giving them access to try it. That's amazing. I love that. I mean, not only are you a great company offering great services, but you're giving back to the community and to others. And that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, thank so you. So you've been in cannabis for a long time, um, you know, and, and I mean, especially in cannabis years, if you've been in cannabis for more than four years, you're a veteran. <laughs> so 
<laughs> do you, what would you say is your favorite aspect of all the things that you've done? And, and especially now with this new CBD thing, what do you love the most? I think that for me, for my journey in cannabis, um, the amount of inspiring, passionate individuals that I've had the honor of getting to know and work with, um, I mean, and I don't have experience in other industries to draw parallels or comparisons, but cannabis and CBD, uh, they're just drawing in some of the most incredible human beings that I've encountered. And it's been so inspiring. There's days where it's really tough. I'm not going to lie. Being an <laughs> entrepreneur, like this week, I've worked every day until 4 a.m. and gotten back up at 8 a.m. to start all over again. Um, but you're on this crazy ride with these other people that, you know, are there, there's bankers and investors and big companies coming into the space. So this doesn't translate into every business in cannabis by any means, but there's some really incredible humans that are on a mission to affect major change and do what they can to be ethical and inspire. And I'm really grateful to share space with them. Oh, that's so nice. You hear that so often too. It's, it really is. I know for me personally, I feel the same way. It's, it's really the people and on those down days when you are just like, oh my gosh, why mm -hmm. am I doing this? Then you talk to people like you and you're like, oh, this is why Aww. I'm doing this. It's, it's a great yeah. community. So before we wrap up and it's been, oh gosh, you're just a wealth of information, Ashley. We so appreciate it. But do you have anything um, specific that you want to promote or a call to action that you'd like to share? Yes. Um, I would tell people, first off, um, if you're interested in the pay it forward program, please consider going on our site, um, and making a donation. If you feel inspired to do so, uh, it'll go towards sponsoring medicine for somebody that is in need. And we're happy to, we're going to actually put a list on the site of people that have made donations and you can let us know if you want to be listed or not. Um, so that's first and foremost and, and share the program. If you know somebody that could benefit, we want to create outreach for that and really help people that are, could benefit. Second, um, whether it's my shop or whoever you're making, um, a CBD purchase from whoever you're supporting with your hard earned dollars, um, be aware of their ethos as a company. There are a lot of really inspiring companies in the space that are doing things right and going the extra mile to create incredible products for people that are comprehensive formulations that really will make a difference and um, supporting those companies to continue to grow and succeed is really important. Um, and educating uh, yourself about the purchases, understanding that look for products that are full spectrum and include adaptogens and other um, therapeutic compounds that are going to potentiate the effects of CBD. While CBD is great, it's not a cure-all. There are a myriad of other compounds that are going to help um, increase your benefit from utilization of the product. Look for those formulas. You know, when you turn the bottle over, is it just uh, MCT oil and low-grade CBD oil or, you know, like one of the companies, I'm just going to give them a shout, is Straight Hemp that we work with. Uh, they use uh, a low temperature extraction method that creates the a very, very beautiful, high quality, therapeutically beneficial CBD oil. And rather than using MCT oil, they use hemp seed oil. So you're getting a really great product when you purchase from them. And 
Um, so just understand what's the difference between a good and a bad CBD product so that when you try it, um, your experience is, you know, accurate of whether CBD is something that can help you or not and not limited by maybe you're trying a product that doesn't have the best That's quality. That's really great advice. And it's really great to know that there's a company like Straight Hemp out there. I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to be looking into them. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Ashley. It's been a pleasure. And I just wish you all the best with your CBD a wellness shop. And again, so everybody can find you, it's CBD Wellness Shop. Co. And be sure to go in there, check it out. If you need free product, um, then be sure to fill out that form. If you'd like to be a product influencer, she's got a little uh, form for that too. And, um, and then also there's amazing products that are priced really, really well. So thanks again, Ashley. I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon because you're going to be, you're going to start stocking my favorite thing, which is pet products. So I can't wait to have you back on the show to talk about your pet products. Yes, let's soon. I can't wait for that too. I appreciate the invite back to to further the the conversation. All right. Thanks so much, Ashley. Have a good day, Leah. Thanks. Bye. You too. Bye. Our next guest is Kelly Bruce. Kelly Bruce is the co-founder and CEO of Canamami LLC, a licensed cultivation company in California. Her company cultivates craft cannabis for motherhood, creating amazing products that support women in all stages of motherhood. She is also the founder of Canamommy.org, a 501c3 nonprofit that provides safe access to natural medicines while supporting mothers who use them. She is a wife and mother of three living in the beautiful Humboldt County in California. So Kelly... What inspired the creation of Canamami.org and what is it? That's a great question. So Canamami.org is a California-based nonprofit. We are a 501c3 tax-exempt federal recognized nonprofit. We support safe access to natural medicines and the mothers who choose to use them. And essentially, we are a platform that builds a bridge between provider and patient. Um, When I was pregnant, uh, I've I've had three kids. (laughs) So each time I uh, found myself needing uh, other solutions to some of the symptoms that I was experiencing that the pharmaceuticals just were not aligning with me. And cannabis was one of the natural medicines that I was continually drawn to. And I found through my own journey that it was really difficult to find information that was credible, and it was extremely challenging to have an open and honest communication with my medical providing staff. And so I, uh, over the years, really uh, decided we needed to create something uh, with a little bit more oomph and purpose, and that as cannabis and other that medicine started to become more accepted and used in the medical field that there really needed to be a place that supported moms at the bare minimum with gathering information. And so that's sort of where we started. And so we run a free online virtual clinic that is run by board certified nurses and you can schedule a free 20 minute consultation with them. And it's really just a great place to start with questions and gathering information to sort of navigate the whole 
realm of natural medicines. <laughs> so, so that's really where it is. It started out of a lack of being able to find something for my own self. And then realizing as I dug a little deeper that I was not unique or solo in this and that there were several underground and communities that you could pay for and all these great resources, but there wasn't really something that was there supported through grant and funding and donation. And so we wanted to sort of create that. So we did. That's amazing. And as a new mother, I really appreciate it. Um, it's an incredible uh, source for information. And on that note, you, you also provide a lot of um, resources for women who fear legal issues. Um, what, what types of things can you offer for those women out there who are really afraid of what can happen if they consume cannabis during or after pregnancy? So, you know, there's uh, two things that a mother is vulnerable uh, when she chooses to use cannabis during a pregnancy. One is with the health community. Is my choice causing harm? What's going to happen to the life that I'm creating when I'm using this plant versus what I would be using this pill? And that information and that conversation is hard to have. And then the other aspect is the legal side of it. So in some states, consuming a Schedule One drug during pregnancy is actually a criminal charge. Right. Um, and so there are resources that we provide. The clinic is, is the biggest resource that we have. We give you a safe place to sort of talk to a medical provider without going into diagnostic. And she, you know, we don't tell you how, how to use it or at what milligram dosing or anything like that, but really just at the very beginning of like, what would, what is cannabis doing to your body? How does it work? How is it interacting with other medicines that you could be consuming? And what would, what would be the benefit? What would be the risks and sort of, you know, talking about it there. So that's one of the resources. The other thing that we provide that we're working with right now is getting grant and funding to work with legal nonprofits to help mothers and families who are facing legal criminal charges because of their choice to use cannabis as a medicine. So we have mothers and families who are in legal medical states who are following legal medical state laws and are still running into criminal issues through CPS. Sometimes a lot of it comes up when there's um, a divorce and parents are working um, to negotiate that. You see that being thrown in as a tool. Um, and, you know, depending on where your state is and what's going on, the state has its own feelings and, and um, legal statutes around what's neglect and abuse. And so, we want to help the moms and the families and feel supported. We're not really here to tell you what to do, but really just to give you information and support in making those choices. And so we're working to bring on legal. We have the medical nurses. We're working on bringing in other aspects into the clinic. So we're working this year on getting funding to roll out free education series. Um, we're working on bringing it to the root level. So going out into the community and holding events where parents can come and hear a speaker speaking on a topic and really understand 
know, why would you even consider cannabis? What would be the benefit? What would be the potential risks? And bringing that to the root level. So those are the resources that we are working to provide. We've started to provide. And then the other thing we do is we provide products. So we've developed products that you can use during pregnancy, labor, and postpartum. Right now, the nonprofit is selling uh, hemp-based only. In California, we partner with a company called Kanamami. I also founded it and own it. <laughs> and they have the THC version, and they donate a portion of all those sales back to our clinic. So we're really also trying to provide that safe access through providing a product as well that you can use and that will also go back to support the greater good of the community. That's amazing. Um, so what does your work with Mommy entail? I wear many hats <laughs> and I say that one of the things that I really see myself doing is being the advocate, the voice you know, I'm, I'm building the vessel and there's many people that will come in and sail the ship, but my main responsibility is to find the funding and to build the relationships um, so that this vessel can really be full throttle. And so I'm out talking with the community, bringing awareness to the vulnerability of the mothers, uh, discovering and sort of peeling back the stinky onion layers, if you will, on what's really happening and why is it that these moms are being turned over to CPS and reported for their consumption while these mothers are not? And why is there a difference in what's happening and how come you can't tell me what the process is? So we're really trying to push back and 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 work with the community and getting some real boundaries on what's going on so everybody can feel empowered to make the right choices. That is so important um, because, I mean, even when you go to someone that's a midwife who you think is going to be more open to like CBD and things like that, but they're not, I found, you know, I even when I was being very honest with my provider and I thought that would be for my benefit. And it didn't, <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it didn't go that way, unfortunately. And, and for some of these women, I mean, they really are actually losing their children or losing custody, you know, however short they're still doing it. And it's, it's not helping the actual, the, the, the welfare of the baby or the mother in any kind of way. It's just, it's so disgusting. Well, as a society, we really need to just peel back and have a broader view of how are we allocating these resources? I don't think right. that anybody is going to ever say to CPS, don't investigate um, a potential case because you just never know, right? But right. why are people using cannabis as um, a tool or weapon, mm -hmm. I don't know how you want to view it, uh, to you know leg up in the legal system? And who's benefiting from it? Are the children really benefiting? Because a lot of times we see is that moms will uh, be using cannabis to uh, alleviate other issues that are underlining. So depression, anxiety, and those are being triggered through being single moms or in a lower socioeconomic status. And so they're in a pregnancy, maybe they don't have insurance or they're not able to pay the copay to get the SSRI or they're realizing that the SSRI is maybe damaging to the baby and they're choosing something different. 
And so they want to lean on cannabis. And there's a m- multiple different reasons, and each one is unique, but they aren't able to have this choice. And so when you come in then and criminalize them for their choice and make their life more difficult, add more anxiety, disrupt the natural flow of a breastfeeding interaction, it, it's, it's a domino effect that's ultimately costing our society a lot of money. Yeah. And it's not oh, yeah. doing anything to help no. anyone. <clears throat> and, no. that and that really- causes long-term damage for everyone involved. I mean, everyone. some of it's irreparable, you know? It's like that trauma for that baby. It's just, ugh. Don't it, even it, get me started. We're here to support moms and set them up for success. So let's do it. And these resources, you know, if the mom is is in an addiction situation and she needs the support coming at her with a criminal situation and removing the baby and making those bonding moments more challenging isn't going to help the mom. Um, and so we really need to look and evaluate overall as a society, what are we doing to support moms and where does cannabis play in it and how how are we using our resources around it? Right. Absolutely. And on that note, um, what ways do you think um, prenatal cannabis can impact a mother? Cannabis use can impact a mother? Oh, man, that is a loaded question. (laughs) And one that we probably ultimately will never fully know because we can't ethically test drugs, cannabis, plants, herbs, anything on a pregnant mom, we can follow the results and we can do, you know, studies on the outcomes, but we aren't going to ever be able to just do a double blind placebo (laughs) study on a pregnant mom. It's just not ethical. And so, you know, what, what I can say is that since pretty much the beginning of, of, documented birth, uh, we have been using cannabis at some level in labor, postpartum, uh, and, and pregnancy, whether it's the oils being made into creams or tinctures, or they're being applied topically to the cervix as the baby's crowning, if we're using it, the leaves on the on directly on the breasts, massaging to help the milk come in like there's a multiple ways that the plant was used uh how are we using it currently today it's pretty much the same way people are finding their way back to the root you know right um and so i think as legalization starts to go and more money is thrown into the genetics and the science of it, we're going to be able to really fine tune how we can use it to really help mitigate some of the symptoms. So pain, inflammation, those are great ways that cannabis can be used during pregnancy topically. Mm -hmm. Sitting in an Epsom salt infused cannabis bath is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Using the oils um, to create oral tinctures can help uh, speed up contractions. It functions similar to like what a modern day Pitocin would be doing. We can use it and postpartum to help with bleeding. So if you're hemorrhaging, there's ways you can use it, uh, different areas of the root, ground up. I mean, all of these things are infused with other properties as well. It's not just cannabis. You know, you, you create it with a bunch of other things. But cannabis is a strong, strong force. And so, you know, 
I'm not knocking pharmaceuticals either. Uh, they definitely have a role and a play. And, you know, the death rate among birth is, is significantly lower than it was, you know, even 50 or 60 years ago. Um, but I but I do think that you can try the plants first and and a lot of times avoid the pills. Right. And so that's that's kind of where we are. So I think for, you know, and to answer your question, where where does cannabis fit in in oh, pregnancy? Everywhere. And <laughs> Definitely the oils. Yeah, the oils for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think the 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 least awesome way to do it is smoking it now is smoking a joint going to do more or less harm than taking your anxiety pillows or that mom not being able to keep food down for various reasons. And that's where you really have to have that individual risk benefit and be supported with all the information. So just like when you do anything as a parent, you feel empowered that you're making the best choice and that's all you really can do. You know, that's all it is, is we just get yeah, the information absolutely. and make the best choice. I totally agree. <laughs> research, research, research. Um, and go to canamommy.org. Exactly. It's a fantastic place to start. Uh, seriously, I've gotten so much information from you guys <laughs> on the website and outside of it. You're all amazing. Um, so how can a mother benefit from the Canamami Clinic? I think the main benefit is having someone you can just talk to. Motherhood can be isolating yeah. and lonely. And then you add the stinky onion mm -hmm. of cannabis, you can feel even more isolated. And so just really having a safe space that you can talk to where you're not going to be judged, you're not going to be reported to CPS or law enforcement, and you're going to get good, mm -hmm. solid resources and knowledge, I think is, is the the best thing you can you can hope for from our clinic because that's what we try to do <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah you're, you're doing a good job <laughs> uh what advice do you have for mothers who consume but are afraid to be public about it I get asked this a lot and right now unfortunately I am going to tell you to stay in that closet it is not worth risk it's not worth the hassle it's you don't need to be a martyr you can come and advocate in other ways during your nine month incubation and that few days outside at the hospital or wherever you're choosing to birth um you are in a very, very, very vulnerable position. And it's not the time really to be, you know, blazing, blazing glory, if you will. You need to be focused on uh, your body and your baby's body and what's going on and in tuning in there. And so I would say keep it a secret, honestly, um, because they can't force you to give that information up. Um, and then again, you know, use the clinic, talk to them and and if you have, you know, other medications that you're worried about, talk to our nurses. They'll let you know whether you should talk to your doctor because this is now, you know, becoming potential medical risk, right? Um, and at that point, you know, then, then, then you again risk benefit. Talk to your doctors. Um, so, but just know that you are vulnerable. You there is bias, and at the end of the day, the law is very loosely written in some ways to allow for that, and so. You know, I always encourage people don't, you know, don't tell them right now, like why you can come out afterwards and do share your story and advocate on the other side, right? Um, there's other advocacy groups and, and even can of moms within my own movement, even within my own organization that differ with me on that and say, you know, well, that's, that's part of what we need to share is that we need to show that we're using it and we're coming out. Um, so 
that's my personal view. It, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it also it's a person to person because, like I said before, my my healthcare provider, I had different midwives and yeah. um, you know cycling through and that and there was a time where I had one who was very apathetic and she was very blase about the fact that um, I had trace amounts of THC that came up and I was using a full spectrum hemp oil anyway and I told her about it and she was just like well you know CPS could be called if it if it tests on the 36 weeks and she just kind of shrugged her shoulder and then when I did my research I found I mean I did research before but I wanted to really make sure it's it's up to the provider I mean at least where I am and every state is different. So it's really up to that person if they want to make trouble for you. So you really have to be careful in what you say so it, and, and how you say it. And, the, and this is, you're hitting nails on the head so hard right now. And this is the core of really what we're advocating for is that there shouldn't be that. There should be a clear indication. And what we're finding is that there, because of the Schedule 1 classification, it becomes a, a liability issue within insurance. So if your provider knows that you're consuming a Schedule 1 drug and they fail to report that and something were to happen to you, they could be sued and held negligent and liable. So they are all supposed to be reporting any schedule one drug. What you find is that some providers feel in their heart that cannabis isn't going to cause you any harm. And they feel that risk of anything happening because of your consumption is so low that they don't feel that they need to report it. Um, that is an issue. And so we need to address it. And so we need to figure out within the medical community, why are some saying that there is no harm and some saying there is harm and, and, and bring light and awareness to that. And I think that's happening. You know, you see more and more studies with the breast milk coming out. You see more and more studies following long-term cognitive effects, you know, and even those studies are flawed. Most of them aren't isolating just cannabis use. They're incorporating other, you know, illicit drugs into the mix. So it's, you know, not awesome, awesome research, but I think we're seeing a headway in that it's people are more interested. And so more funding is going there. Yeah, totally. Um, and hopefully it just keeps progressing in that direction. Um, so do you have anything specific to promote or call to action? Well, right now we are just selling our CBD line uh, direct off of our website. You can buy them and support them through eBay. Every time you purchase from us, you're going to also support the clinic. You can also support us through Amazon Smile. You can choose canamami.org as your preferred charity and a half a percent of everything you purchase amazon will donate back to us it doesn't cost you anything it's a really great way to support us let people know share follow us on instagram let us know your story sign up on our mailing list stay in touch use our clinic <laughs> that's awesome yeah i'm gonna change my amazon smile right now <laughs> yeah thank awesome. you so much for spending your time with us today and uh we look forward to having you back on very soon to talk more in depth about these very complex issues um so thank you again thank <laughs> for you all guys. that you do and we really appreciate it thank you so much for giving us this time and platform we really do appreciate you allowing us to share our light and our story 
Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. That's yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. Thanks again.